Disco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jesswitz from Red Right. So this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. We're going to talk about the social end of bicycling. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. All right, leave with a smile. Uh, Looking forward to this weekend, one of the great bike weekends of all of Iowa, the Baycoon Ride. Even though it might be 97 degrees, actual temperatures, (laughs) um, it would be sizzling hot with or without the temperatures because the Baycoon Ride, the fifth edition of the Baycoon Ride, the Ride for the Cured, is taking Uh place this weekend. So you a little excited for that, Mark? You know, I think we got a lot of cool things going on. We, um, we've we got more riders than we did last year. Uh, we're heading towards uh, the usual amount of riders that we've had uh, in years previous. Uh, so about 2,800 or so we expect on the ride. Wow. Um, yeah. I got my first phone call today asking if I have to register for the ride. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that people actually call me and, and say, we get those. hey. Yeah. Do I just have to register or not? And and yeah, you you do. Uh, if you want to participate in this event, you can go ride that trail any other day. But uh, you know, if you cross one of the uh, crossings manned by the Iowa State Patrol that we pay for, or the Boy Scouts that uh, we make a hefty donation for out of registration fees, uh, or use any of the Kaibos or anything along any of the signage or anything along the way, um, that's part of the ride. Sure. So. Uh, you know, for people out there uh, that think that they can can go without registering, sure you can, but you're cheating a lot of a lot of people out of out of yeah. the good work that we do. Look, and I think that's important. Look yourself in the mirror. I mean, the, if you look back at the history of this event, we've been able to pave some of those intersections. We've made donations. We pay a trail fee. There are just so many good things about this event. And then when it's all said and done, any any remainder still goes to nonprofit associations. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ragbride doesn't make a dime off this event. We've given it to our dream team. We've given it to the Karis Call statue. Um, so none of that is going in our pocket. None of it's you know going into anyone's pocket except for some good organizations that can really use it. So those are the ones you're cheating. So um, you know if you're if you're you know too lame to go buy a wristband earlier, just stay home. You know, it's, yeah. um, it's, it's the right thing to do. So, uh, and we're going to do a little more messaging on this. We've got some signs that are getting printed up right now to talk about what your registration money goes towards as far as uh, some of the charitable efforts that it supports. And I think that's important to remind riders that they are pedaling for a purpose. Uh, their miles have meaning. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool. Hey, one of the things that I think is cool is the National Kidney Foundation got on board this yeah. year. They've recruited a team of people that have been out fundraising. Uh, though That team is going to ride the Baycoon ride. So Haley Bookie and, and a few of the other folks over at National Kidney Foundation in Iowa uh, um, have raised $2,000 in addition. Actually, I think it's sixteen fifty. dollars uh, They'll probably get to 2000 because we're going to message on that a little bit more. But they've raised that money for the National Kidney Foundation uh, to sponsor riders that are riding the ride. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, I just saw something else to talk about messaging. Did you happen to catch that they named Baycoon Ride one of the top nine 
fundraising rides in the country, some something like that. It was some kind of quirky little bicycling magazine and Bakun ride. All the rest of them were kind of, I, I don't know, kind of like you know, you know, MS ride and and different rides that had a. Uh, it seemed like a little more obvious purpose, I would say. Uh, climate ride, you know, different ones like that. So, pretty good company that we're in. This little ride that we started just just a mere five years ago has become the second largest event in our state. Real quick, I don't think we're going to catch the first one. So, I, I think number two is is okay in our state. We can we can try. We, we can, can try. try hard. But but um, very cool though. Very cool. You know. It, I think that's a concept, and I think this is something that we need to talk about. And and this is going to be one of the questions on the post-event survey is, would you ride this ride uh, for no charge if you could uh, if you could fundraise for a, a charity? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like the Chicago, the New York, the Boston Marathon all have uh, charity components to their events, and I think I think we have an opportunity here that could raise awareness, raise more money for other charities. Uh, and, and the bicyclists still have the same fun time that they do on yeah. the ride. So yeah. I think that's something to explore. Yeah, and the good good thing for us with Ragbri, I mean, we we back all these charities. Obviously, we work a lot with the Iowa Bike Coalition and the good work that they're doing. Um, but when our mission is to try to get more people, you know, on bicycles, getting them in shape for the summer, uh, and I think – I think the Bakun ride gives them a good little glimpse of what Ragbri is all about. Probably tells them, "Hey, you probably ought to be training a little bit more if you can't <laughs> if you can't do a flat seventy two. Um, but that that right there in itself, I think, is is just one of the reasons why we're so passionate about it, different events and trying to help all events throughout the state because more people biking is not a bad thing. So. Uh, have you unpacked from Ragbra yet? From the from the route <laughs> from that other ride? when that other ride? Yeah, yeah. Uh, semi. I guess I got the nasty <laughs> clothes out of my bag, which which probably would have been walking by now. So I got those into the washing machine and 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 washed all the kits, um, which is very important. You know, you don't want to get your kit. And we had this cool kit wash from Chamois Butter. I don't know if you if you open that up. That stuff's that stuff's awesome, by the way. Thank you, Steve, and yeah. all the Kurt down there with Chamois Butter. I mean, awesome stuff. We had a little care package from Chamois Butter, but the rest of my stuff is kind of stacked up in my garage. Of course, the bikes put away, but but um, you know, the rest of the stuff is kind of kind of stacked up, collecting some dust in there. And I'll get around to it before Bakun ride this week because I need a couple of things out of there. So, yeah, we're uh, these events are stacked on top of each other pretty closely this year. Usually, we have a little more time to uh, uh, lose our fitness between the two uh, two rides. So, it's all right. We're yeah. close. Yeah, we'll we'll take it. Wow. Speaking of fitness, I am following. I'm hooked on this one. I'm following the Tour Divide. Tour Divide. Uh, yeah, that's running from uh, I believe uh, Banff, Canada. Uh, down to the border of Mexico hmm. uh, through the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Um, Steve Fuller did that ride a few years ago, and he was a feature on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two Iowans doing it right now, Jason Maddock and Andrea Cohen, um, and I've been following them. Uh, they both have spot tracker on. So you can hmm. go to trackleaders.com, look up the Tour Divide 2018 tracker, 
and you can follow Jason and Andrea along the way. Uh, they just a couple days ago crossed over to into the U.S. Um, Andrea looks to be somewhere in the middle of Montana. <laughs> Montana. And uh, yeah, yeah, she's just about to the Helena National Forest. And uh, she's probably two days or so away from Butte, Montana. Hmm. Um, she's on pace, it looks like, uh, for a 30-day uh, completion. Very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, her average speed, this is, this is pretty amazing, is 4.4 uh, 4 mile an hour. Really? But, yeah. I mean, this is fully loaded in the mountains. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and traveling on fire roads and, and single track oh. trails, this that, is pretty amazing. That's quite an accomplishment to, to get one day of that in there at four miles an hour. It's like yeah. riding quicksand. Wow. And, that's... and she's doing a hundred to 120 miles a day is what she said she wanted to, uh, uh, to cover. So she's riding, you know, do the math there at least 16 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Uh, so sun up to sun that, down. That still doesn't cut it, Mark. I'm not great at math, but 120 miles and four miles an hour. Yeah, there's there's yeah. not enough yeah, time in the day to get that done. So um, wow, that's yeah. that's incredible. So well, I guess I guess if you ride all, you know, you can't ride all day if you don't get up early in the morning and ride into the night. So uh, I think I think that's how that saying goes. But yeah, something like you know, that. I had a friend, Dan Manley from Clinton, who uh, t he was biking across the country, or he just finished biking across the country. Mm -hmm. And I said, Dan, how do you train for something like that? And he says, you don't. <laughs> he says, you either get stronger or you go home. Mm -hmm. There's uh, there's no real training that you can do for riding, for riding that sort of distance. So, you know, hopefully Andrea, Jason, uh, they, they uh, keep their heads down, keep a smile on their face, and enjoy yeah. Enjoy what they're doing. Unfortunately, some people train rag ride that way. You know, there's no need to train. <laughs> Either I just get stronger or I go home. Like right. so, um, that's the Garner method of of training, which which works for some people. Which you know can make your life a little bit easier if you get some training miles. And I, I would imagine anyone tackling something like that. They're going to get a little training in. Um, they they may not be knocking off 120 miles a day for for 30 days straight, but I'm sure they're in tip top shape to tackle something like that crazy. Yeah, I you know hats off to the people that can do yeah. that. Uh, boy, to have the ability to be young and go out and spend 30 days uh, bicycling from one end of the U.S. to the other on one of the toughest trails in in the world. Um, hats off to him because uh, that's amazing. Very cool. Very cool. So what else is going on in your world, Mark? It seems like Wait, things I, are going I, on. I've got a whole list of things that have happened. Yeah, go for um, it. Uh, Hudson, Iowa. Hudson. Passed, I know Hudson. Yeah, they passed a they passed a new set of bike laws, but included in that was a law that says motor vehicles must change lanes to pass bicycles. Wow. Um, you can also use your right arm for right turn signal. Uh, drivers have to check out their doors before they open uh, of a parked car before they open the door into moving traffic. That makes sense. Um, there's a, a whole host of things that uh, uh, that we updated with their bike code, and we got rid of some of the silly stuff like 
Um, your brakes have to leave a skid mark on dry level pavement and, and some other <laughs> silly bike laws that have been on the books for a while. Um, so Hudson's first. Uh, we just completed a study, and there's 269 cities in Iowa with, with local bike ordinances. Hmm. And uh, we're going to start working on all those towns to update their laws. So one down, 268 to go. Wow. Well, um, impressive. So there, there is precedent in the state of Iowa, change lanes to pass. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Uh, the Cato Institute just came out, too, with a study that uh, talked about the minimum passing distance laws and specifically the three-foot laws. And they studied the entire U.S. Um, they studied the 26 states that have passed them. And there's really not a lot of significance in uh, fatal crashes. Uh, they studied 18,000 crashes hmm. uh, that resulted in the, in the fatality of a bicyclist. And three foot isn't making as big of a difference, at least in this study that, that we've seen so far. So I haven't read all the data of the study, but we're going to be pouring over that. That makes me comfortable that this change lanes to pass idea that we've been working on is a better way to go than, than a three-foot or a five-foot minimum passage. I never felt comfortable at three three feet. I mean, that's pretty much your wingspan. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, just riding this last week, and when you're three feet looking to your left and you see, you know, hogs in a truck, and, and you know, when they snort, you can kind of feel it on your arm. That's a little close for me. And uh, right. getting a dump truck by you at, at three feet – doesn't seem does it, it doesn't seem like enough distance there so uh i'd i'd be i'd be in favor a little bit more a little change lanes to pass would be would be really nice compared to just just three feet you know better than you know one foot of course but i i'd like that change lanes to pass because um especially those double yellows people just waiting for you to make sure it's safe and we've seen that time and time again about impatient drivers and it'd be great to see some some more laws on the book like hudson iowa did yeah yeah i you know i can tell you we biked across the entire state well most of the state and uh really i can point to one or two um impatient drivers that mm-hmm. pass too close um, one of them in a in a dump truck in Powershik County, um, and we've we've called the Powershik County Secondary Roads and uh, made sure that was reported, and that uh, that issue is ongoing. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of that one, um, but and that was a situation where they were passing uphill, speeding with oncoming traffic, and and you know that's just. That's reckless. With a five-ton dump truck, I'm sure. With a with a dump truck. Yeah. I mean, this 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 is plain and simple reckless. So we're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, boy, when you put your name on the outside of the vehicle, don't uh, don't think we're not gonna not gonna get to the bottom. Yeah, especially especially a county vehicle. That 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 kind of shocked me. So hopefully we'll get to the end of it, uh, get yeah. to the bottom of it, and um, yeah, that was that was not fun. And, and and that's by no means a reflection on Powershik County because I thought the roads were great and and yeah. you know, the other traffic we didn't have much of a trouble with. This is an individual driver problem that uh, needs to be yeah, dealt with. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. I I got one more big thing that we got going on. Okay. <laughs> we're launching a small scale bike share pro- program in Corville. I don't know if I've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, we had an article in in uh, in the Gazette uh, today, and a nice picture of me on one of the bike share bikes. Um, but over in the Iowa River Landing, we're going to have three bikes out. That's going to happen in the next week or so, uh, where users can walk up and, and turn on their smartphone, download an app, and rent a bike. It's uh, going to be that simple, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, for people that want to go out and ride bikes. So since we're on you know, a podcast, just in case they misinterpret, bike share has nothing to do with like Sunny and Share, right? That's like no. it's it's something what, you come pick up a bike for right, the people right. that don't understand what's going on with, with bike share. So you're gonna be able to walk up to these bikes and, and they're gonna be white bikes with uh, uh, blue polka dot panels on the on the side. And they're gonna have some instructions on there where you can open up your smartphone, you figure out if that's bike is free for rental. Um, you check that bike out on your phone so it, it has a record of you renting that bike and you pay $3 an hour. Wow. And you're gonna be able to ride that bike as much as you want. You you get done with your trip, you hit stop, you park the bike someplace safe, and uh, then the next person can come up Very and cool. take that bike and go ride. Very cool. Well, with that share reference, you probably figured out I saw Deadpool the other night and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I still can't help but laugh every time I hear the word share. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Deadpool 2, and uh, yeah. And if you enjoyed the first one, go to the second one because I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's it's hilarious. So good good stuff. You know, and you put the Canadian reference in there earlier, and I, I was cracking up inside, but, but uh, you know, that, that's okay. So. You know, I I know a number of Ragbri riders who get their movie watching fixed during Ragbri. Really? You know, it's it's air conditioned, it's comfortable, <laughs> they get into town early, they find a movie theater and and go cool off. I think that's amazing. <laughs> That'd be nap time for me right there. So <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how much of the movie they see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, yeah. cool. Well, yeah, lots of stuff. Well, this is what I, I, I kind of want to just kind of finish up this show with, Mark. Um, you know, people asked us, obviously, we rode across across the state this last week. And I, I just kind of want to do some, some big takeaways. Um, you know, how tough was it? How, you know, kind of a, just a brief of, you know, what what can I expect? And uh, I, I would say it's just a pretty straight up. It's not it's not an easy ride by, by no. any stretch. Am I, am I, you know, my analysis of the ride, there are some, there's some pretty good climbs, you know, each and every day, you're going to find a couple of that, you know what, you, you're going to get out of your big ring and get, get down a little bit. You might not get down in your granny, maybe once or twice during the entire week might you get down if you have a third um but you know there's a lot of big gear riding um your winds are really gonna determine just how tough a week is going to be and the heat and humidity the days that we had the four h's were tough days and you know on paper some of them might have appeared that they would be tougher all of a sudden, if you're on flats and you got a you got a nasty headwind, that just makes the day a lot tougher. So, so don't just say you know. I get people ask all the time, well, what's the easiest day? What's the hardest day? Where's the bad climb? And you know, some things you can you can look at. Just look at the elevation changes, and you can see which one's the hardest climb. But that mm-hmm. that on paper, you don't ride bikes on paper. And when you're out there in the elements. You know, all those things add up, the heat, the humidity, um, 
you know, how did you eat right the day before? Did you sleep okay? Did you know all those things add up to what type of experience? Now, there's no substitute for training because if your butt's not in shape, you know, being on your bike, you know, pretty much you're talking, you know, say six hours a day. It's not going to be easy to do, you know, six hours on, on the bike a day, in the saddle a day, and feel, you know, just, just rosy. So so there is no substitute for getting miles in. I don't care if you're training on a trail. I don't care if you're doing basement miles. I don't care if you're climbing, you know, whatever, right. Mount Vesuvius. I mean, getting your butt in the saddle, there is absolutely no substitute for that. And so um, I I thought it was a, an honest ride. You know, I, I wouldn't call it an easy ride by any stretch of the imagination because we had we had contributing factors that made it a lot more difficult than just one of the third or fourth easiest rag rides. So that's kind of my take of um, – you know, happy to talk to anyone about it, but I think it's just a good, honest ride in some amazing towns, some great overnight towns, some fantastic pass-through towns. I, I think it's going to be a fun week, and I hope you have some pretty good weather. And, you know, we had good dry weather, but the winds, you know, definitely made it tougher. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I was dialed in as far as equipment. I, I was really happy this year. Um, decent saddle. Um, you know, I'm running a Brooks C17 and really like that. Um, I got a Trek Demane that I'm really happy with. Um, it shifted like a dream all week. Coop didn't even touch it once. Um, and I switched over to the Shimano Keen Sandals and uh, didn't have any hot foot issues uh, the entire week. So, equipment wise, I was really happy. Now, legs wise and lungs wise, that's. Hmm. Uh, that's the whole secret there is, uh, you know, I, 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 in the, uh, I'm in the same boat that everybody else is. We got 45 days and, uh, now it's time to ride as much as you can for the next 45 yeah. days, get some long weekend things in to, uh, you know, be used to that, that 70 mile day. I think our longest is what? 73, 70, yeah, something like somewhere that. right in there to Jefferson. Um, well, some yeah, good, good towns. I mean, it's not like you're out there and, you know, you got a town about every eight or nine miles. And, you know, it just uh, – so there's nothing, you know, in that 73-mile day that's really going to shock you. Right. But, um, yeah, just, just hey, I'm, I'm a grinder. I like just grinding them out and, you know, get those miles in early. Is mm-hmm. a, it, You know, before it's blazing hot, you'll be glad you did. Um mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, it's, it's the ones that, that get up late that, you know, per, perhaps stay in the town a little too late or get behind a line and all of a sudden they're, you know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning and they're only 20 miles in and, you know, doing, doing 50 more miles after, you know, the, the, it starts baking out there makes it a lot tougher. And so I'm not saying put your head down and go. But realize, you know, the amount of distance in your day and know your ability. I mean, that's, those are key. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think the other thing is, is hydrate, you know, have, uh, have your water full and and keep on the water as you go. Um, Even if it's not a warm day, I think we ran into that the first, uh, the first day is, you know, we all weren't used to riding and uh, here you got a 40, 50 mile day. And it started off at 55 degrees. Well, it's hard to, you know, suck down water when it's cool out like that. But by the afternoon when it's 90 and 100 degrees, um, you really wish you'd had 
you know, stuck with that water for the entire day. Yeah, so no doubt. I, yeah, I think keeping in the right condition as far as hydration is going to be yeah. really important as, as time goes. The, the last thing I'll mention, the the hill that's in the ledges. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've done the other one. We've done the Boone Hill before, which isn't I, – I don't call that a hill. I think that's more of an incline. It's about a mile plus, and you're just constantly climbing. Um, so whatever you want to call it, well, you know, a long incline, a hill, whatever – the one in the ledges is a hill, and make no mistake about it. it it's um, I'm going to predict about fifty percent are walking it because it's got um, I don't know a little little up, and it's not very long. It is extremely steep. The nice part is shaded, so you're not and you're not going to get a whole <laughs> lot of wind in there. But man, it's a bear to get up that sucker, and um, you know. But you know, the ones that'll get in the right gear, understand how to climb hills, um, and just expect to be pedaling, you know, with with all your power for for about fifteen straight minutes of total exertion, and you'll get up that hill. And it's not a long one, but I, I think, you know, I mean, I pedaled up it, and you know, I'm not not in the, you know, I'm not room or anything like that. I mean, we're not, you know, Nibbly or any of those guys climbing mountains over in Paris, but or over in France. But take your time and grind it out, and you'll you'll get up them. So, um, but there'll be some walkers, no doubt. You know, I and I think you're. I think you might be short on the fifty percent. I think, and and the reason I say that is not because fifty percent won't have the strength to do it. Uh, what'll be the interrupting factor is when somebody in front of you that's over on the left side of the road or the center line of the road decides they're done. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that they can coast over to the right side of the road. No. So that's going to stop everybody from behind them. So, you know, if, uh, if you're that person, just plan on walking when you get yeah. to the incline, get to the right and start walking yeah. because everybody else, you're going to have a nice group of people doing it. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> So if if you think you got it, you're going to have to go towards the center line to go. But uh, if you don't got it, you, you need to get to the right and get out of people's yeah. way. I watched uh, Coop. Did you happen to see Craig Cooper climbing that thing? No. He, he used the serpentine method, which just cracks oh. me up. It basically, it's kind of like on skiing when you're going downhill and you go back and sure. forth. So um, if you've never seen the movie The In-Laws, um, when they're running from the, the guy shooting at them, and he's like, like serpentine, Shelly. And he's like basically zigzagging, running away from the, the guy shooting at him. It kind of reminds me of that. So it's a great movie, by the way. The original one, not the one they made. You know, the one with Peter Falk, you know, Columbo. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I think Alan Arkin or, or, yeah, I think it was Alan Arkin. Funny movie, by the way. If you, if you get a chance, rent that sucker, right? Or find that on Netflix or whatever. Because it'll be worth that that hour and a half that you spend laughing. So, but serpentine, you can do that when there's no one on the road. Yeah, yeah, really can't when there's uh, you know ten thousand people on the mountain there. So, cool. So take your time, grind it out. Hopefully, you get all those factors in your favor that you're not going to get someone that bonks right in front of you. But you know, have a great time on that hill, and and it's okay to go back to these places and ride them again. By the way, so enjoy it on Ragbri. I know people went back to Potter Hill, and, um, you know, Potter is, is still pretty legendary. I don't think it's quite the level of Potter, but it's close. 
So there's only going to be one place on this ride that you won't be able to ride after again after Ragbri, and that's the lap around Jack Trace. Yeah, that was um, cool. If you, if you look on Strava, I'm tied for third. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think that'll last through uh, real Ragbri, but uh, that is uh, it is now an official Strava segment. Uh, Matt Fippen's holding the record there. And uh, he'll hold it for the next 45 days. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, that finishes out that day. So you got the big climb that you may or may not walk. And then you got yeah. a lap around Jack Trice that, uh, that'll that be a unique experience. And, and Jamie Pollard's going to be out there. Um, He's going to ride. Jamie's going to ride. I yeah. thought that was great. We talked to Jamie a little bit um, as he invited us into the house there to do the lap. And uh, he said last time I went to Ames, he rode. Um, you know, he's in good shape. You know, real good AD over there at, at Iowa State. Uh, he said he's he's up to the challenge again. And he was, I think he's up for that hill over, you know, the Boone Hill or the, the Ledges Hill. So, um, and I, I think that's going to be one of the signature moments when, when they come in, a, you know, or it, that lap at Jack Trice Stadium at Iowa State University. And, oh, boy, with uh, Sweet Caroline blaring on the uh, speaker set and, you know, the lights all flashing ragbri and all that. That's going to be really cool. So, wow, that was a – Great idea. We've known about it for a little bit, and uh, we we kind of wanted to see the surprise look on people's face when they when they announced it, and it was nothing short of that. I thought I saw a few tears in some people's eyes of just always wanting to do something crazy like that, and I think that's, that's going to cool. be a cool one. So very yeah. cool. Well, good. You want to wrap this thing up, Mark, or what? Yeah, got, I've got, got, got through my list of things. You got through it. Wow. Well, we're we're we've been chatting a little bit, so. I don't think we could chat without some sponsors. Who's this Who's this thing sponsored by? So I think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities is one of our main sponsors for this event. Luckily for us, we're going to Iowa City. Yeah. Also, look at your schedule because you got to get Chingle Crossing. you got to come to that event. Um, and uh, so uh, think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Bikes to you, one of the best bike shops in, in on RagPry. Uh, in Grinnell, Iowa, and they're also Ragbrite Charters. So if you're looking to do Ragbrite style, check out Bikes to You. Finally, Primalware. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, and accessories, you better get your order in very quick because it's time. Um, Primalware out of Denver, Colorado. Very cool. Very cool. All real good people. We saw a lot of that on this pre-ride. We had Primal kits. We had Coop on the bikes. And we spent a night in Iowa City. That was a fun night. We um, we had to check out those places in downtown Iowa City and uh, appreciate the Think Iowa City people. You know, we stopped at that little place called Big Grove. Boy, that was that was special. We got a nice little tour um, from Doug and the gang over there and just, uh, you know, ate at The View in Iowa City, which was a spectacular view. Had had uh, dinner with the mayor uh, over there. Just, just wonderful people. And uh, they get biking. They get cycling. Um, really looking forward to that, that the entire week. But, you know, obviously Iowa City is going to be a special one. We haven't been there in 42 years. So, um all good stops and and you know everyone rolled out the red carpet you know we went to a play in jefferson i mean there's just so many cool things on this year's route so take the time enjoy it soak it all up 
and um, you know, Bakun will get you ready for this this rag bride. So if you're lacking a few miles, hey, we're gonna get you about seventy three of them this weekend in a ninety seven degree heat sauna. And I don't know if there'll be some headwinds. I'm sure there's gonna be humidity with ninety seven degrees. So, so uh, you got any words of wisdom to to leave people with, Mark, before we sign off? I don't. I don't. My my words of wisdom this week is just ride your bike as much as you can. Get out there and train. It's a beautiful day uh, every day in Iowa, and it's always a great day to ride your bike. Yeah. All right. So we will see those on the Bacon Ride. Come say hi to us. If not, we will catch you later. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.